Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. My guest today, Lee Greenwood, needs absolutely no introduction. He is an international superstar, and although we have never met, in my family, like most American families, Lee is the brightest of musical shining stars, and his God Bless the USA is the unofficial uh, national anthem for the United States. It's a personal privilege for me to have him on the show, and I couldn't be more happy. So thank you, Lee, for coming on with me today. You're welcome, Lori. Great to talk to you. Did you just finish um, a performance at the Grand Old Opry? I did. Yeah, we were there uh, Tuesday night. They have now Opry shows Tuesday, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays during the summertime uh, at the Big House, and uh, where TNN used to broadcast from, and where we had that monster flood here about 10 years ago. Um, the Ryman Theater downtown operates during the wintertime, and it's a smaller venue where many other acts who come into Nashville prefer to perform at, and I'm talking not just country acts, pop and, and rock acts as well. Really? Really? I, I, I wasn't aware that they tend to branched out into other genres. Yes, they do. Um, and I've played it many times, and I've been here in Nashville now over 30 years, and it's it's always neat to go down to the Ryman and play where all of the of the historic acts had worked who finally broke country music into the pop mainstream. Well, you've worked with just about everybody. you work worked with Larry Gatlin and the Oak Ridge Boys, um, Crystal Gale, Michael W. Smith, uh, Barbara Mandrell, Susie Boggess. It just goes on and on. Is, is there anyone that you kind of have on your wish list that, that you'd still like to work with? You know, um, I, I for years really wish I had been part of a group. I mean, I had bands in Nevada for years. I was raised in California, and I left high school at the age of 17 and went straight to Nevada and played there for almost 20 years. Watched all the major acts, and I had I had large bands. I had horns generally in my act because I am a sax player uh, and a keyboard player, and and I always loved the horn bands. So I I would always have loved to have been part of Tower of Power. Uh, they are from Oakland, California, and their music is kind of a rock soul, if you will. And my background is a little bit of rhythm and blues, R&B and soul music, even though I'm known as a ballad singer in country music and, and I have that distinguishable voice. It, it would have been my, my real thrill to be able to play with a band like Chicago or Tower of Power. Yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely see you in that genre because you really are versatile. You you were the one who wrote God Bless the USA, and that kind of then not only thrust you into this international spotlight, but, but also country music really embraced you then at, at that time. Song of the Year in 1985, uh, uh, we released it, I wrote it in 83, it was released in 84, and yes, it did... It did give my career a little different accent. I mean, I'd written a song on every one of my albums. I wrote a hit song for Kenny Rogers called A Love Song during those days that I was touring with Kenny. Um, and you're right, I wrote uh, songs on, on many of the albums. I wrote a hit song for Mel Tillis. But until I wrote God Bless the USA, which really wasn't an awful long time since I'd got to Nashville, but a long time since I'd started 
writing because uh, I wrote I started writing as a teenager and orchestrating music all the years I was in Vegas for big shows and writing arrangements but not really writing music that people would hum off the radio um, USA just put me in a different place and I'm grateful I have it and it is an, it's a tremendous anthem for America and I get to use it um, as my tool to communicate with uh, all Americans of all cultures the Homeland Security has now used, uh, has inserted God Bless USA into the film for new immigrants when they are sworn in as citizens. And, and I've done that several times live. So it, that's a thrill for me as well. Well, there's something about the lyrics of that song that really are honest to the soul. And your soul recognizes it immediately in its, in its truth. And I don't know, and, and you, you can tell me if that permeates around the world or if it's an American thing? How is it received by people who aren't Americans? Well, interesting you would point that out because um, for many years I've toured Canada as well as the United States and part of North America, of course. The Canadians are a protection to the north, uh, if, if not by an army, if by sheer mass of geography. And I uh, love the Canadian people. I've been there many times. And, and so right after I wrote God Bless USA, two years later I wrote a song called God Bless Canada, which is the same music but different lyrics that honor the Canadians. And so when, we're, when we tour Canada, they actually want to hear both versions, and, and they, they honor us for that. Now, of course, when I tour Europe, uh, they recognize me as an American patriot and, and, and that I have written the song, God Bless the USA, that, that stands as an American anthem, and I'm, I'm heralded for that, but more as a country artist. And no matter where else I tour, um, I'm known for my country music more than I am just God Bless the USA. Well, and, and you have your new album out, I Want to Be in Your World, and we have a song that we're going to play later in the show of that, and you wrote many of the songs off of that new album as well. Right. I wrote three of the songs. The other four um, are of a country vein, except for um, You Can Let Go Now, which was written by Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald. And just as a footnote, Michael McDonald lives here right near me in Franklin, Tennessee, just south of Nashville. And he uh, came in the studio and played piano for me on that one cut. And it was pretty cool because I was such a fan of Michael McDonald's and, uh, and his style. It was difficult for me not to be a chameleon and actually sound like him because I'd heard his recording before. And uh, he said, no, you know, just sing it like you sing it. It'll be fine. Wow, yeah, that that's kind of got uh, have to be a little bit surreal because you have Michael McDonald there and you're singing his song and um, but it's it's beautiful the way that that you sing and, and like I said we're going to play that just a a little bit later in the show it's it's absolutely I mean I the the whole album is is great but that one when you pointed out a little bit about Michael McDonald singing on or uh, playing on the piano to your singing it's uh, it it you know it just tells a little bit of the of the backstory to it as well. What people have done before, and it's kind of cool, is uh, they will play my version of it and then Michael McDonald's version side by side and go in and out like, so you can hear the two versions. They do that same thing with Kenny Rogers when I wrote a love song for him because I, I had that on my very first album. The first album was called Inside Out, and we had four singles from that. Uh, they were all hits, Inside Out, um, uh, It Turns Me Inside Out, Ring on Her Finger, Time on Her Hands, Ain't No Trick, and She's Lying, two of them written by Jan Crutchfield from Kentucky. And so they would play Love Song right alongside Kenny Rogers because he cut it exactly the way I cut it. And we have a similar kind of style and sound in our voice. So that it's really neat to hear that on radio occasionally. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can imagine, absolutely. You know, Lee, on our Facebook page when we knew you were coming on, we asked fans what they would ask you or what they wanted me to ask you. And mm-hmm. we had kind of the same theme going over and over with, with what people um, wanted to know from you. And, and I'll ask you that the first one first because we had a, a lot of people with the same thing. A lot of people worry about you because you travel a lot to entertain the troops. So they wanted to know, how safe are you when you go overseas, and do you worry at all about that? And they really picked up and keyed in on your support to the troops, especially overseas. But we're concerned for your safety. Well, you know, I, 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 never, I never am afraid to travel with the military. I mean, I, I, I know I'm protected pretty well. Uh, there have been a couple of instances. Uh, I remember when we were in um, – Afghanistan the last time we did one of the shows there I think it was at Bagram um, inside a Quonset hut and it faced the special ops and so the special ops were on the roof of their buildings with machine guns and you know and stuff like that it kind of makes you a little unnerved I I will tell you that when the invasion of Panama took place uh, President Bush senior Bush at the time called me in my office and asked me to go to Panama to entertain for four days just before the invasion because the dependents were gone and he wanted to lift the morale of the troops. And so I was his guy. So we went down there and my band took a Chinook to the first location after we landed. And I got in a Jeep with my escort and we went into the jungle to meet 200 Marines who were in an encampment and we came under fire. And uh, it wasn't something we expected uh, because there wasn't supposed to be insurgents there. But the bullets were flying so fast through the Jeep that my, my uh, driver's finger, they took his index finger off uh, with a bullet because he was holding the steering wheel with it. So uh, he switched hands, and I grabbed his hand and I put a tourniquet on it, uh, you know, with, with just squeezing it. And we kept going, and we outran them and got into the, into the compound, and the Marines fanned out and took out the insurgents. But it was just it, it was one of those moments where you go, you know what, I could die here, but, but I've, never, I've never really been afraid to go, and we will go again. Wow, that is amazing. Who would have thought that it was Panama that you would have that type of incident and we would kind of forget about that? Well, any place which you have uh, close, close battle, you, know, you have boots on the ground, mm-hmm. and you have, mm-hmm. like in the in Middle East now, we're fighting terrorists uh, house to house. That's the most dangerous uh, conditions. And, and we're fighting an enemy now that has no flag. Uh, but in Panama, in the jungle, it was like Korea or Vietnam. It's the same thing where you can't identify where your enemy is. And even if you knew they're there, you, your rules of engagement may prevent you from, you know, from moving in, in, a, in an aggressive uh, manner. So it was, it was interesting that you know, I got through that okay, and it didn't, it didn't stop me at all. I just, you know, we do the job we do, which is non-combative uh, and moral support. And as you know, during the Vietnam years, uh, there was a, a, a voice that came out of uh, Hanoi. I forget what they called her, but she was the one that, that pissed people off the most and, and encouraged the, uh, uh, the communists to, uh, to, to keep a morale. So many times it's the people who are entertainers, singers, writers, uh, who are actually the backbone of our military. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, the number one question, that, 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 that was the second most question asked because people were really concerned for you, and rightfully so, now knowing that they should be. Um, they wanted to know where you were on 9-11. This year? Uh, no, uh, on the actual 9-11. Oh, during the attack. 
mm-hmm. I, I was separated from my wife. I had a meeting in Los Angeles with my agency at the time, and uh, and I was in a hotel in in L.A. and uh, and my wife and two sons, who were three and six at the time, were in Nashville, and so she had immediately uh, got the news of the first plane and went in the tower, and called my room, and uh, and of course it was two hours earlier out there, and uh, so I. You know, I was asleep, and I, I woke up. She turned on TV really quick, we're under attack, and I did so, uh, and then saw the second plane hit the tower because the media coverage was uh, was immediately up and running. And uh, it was a pretty scary time. You know, we uh, we didn't hesitate. We called New York and talked to Mayor Giuliani's uh, office and offered our assistance in any way possible, and they called us to come back uh, after, the, uh, after the FAA released the... Uh, the airplanes into the air again, and we we sang at the Fireman's Memorial at Yankee Stadium, the Policeman's Memorial at Carnegie Hall, and then also at the fourth game of the World Series, just because to raise the spirit of New York and and the whole country. So, so I was in L.A. at the time of the attack. Did that change the way that you looked at the song? No, no, because you have to realize that um, I, I guess to go back and what formulates an idea for a writer. The first line of my song was, if tomorrow the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. It was about my grandparents who were farmers. And they actually lost their farm to grain subsidizing to Russia in the uh, 50s. And so um, we had to go to a different form of economy to, to make a living, which is why I left home early. And then, of course, later on the song, I said, I'm proud to be an American. I've always thought that Americans took a step back because we are a nation of immigrants, people who come from other places, and they are always proud of their home. They're proud of being from France or from England or Ireland, South America or, or the Middle East or South Africa or wherever, Japan, you know, China. And, and, and so I've heard that for so long that people are so proud of their homes. What about being proud of America? And so that was that line. And then the last line uh, that people always refer to, I won't forget the men who died, because I think in all of the wars of America and how we formed our union and our republic and then defended it over such a long period of time for us, maybe 200-plus years, not so long for Europe or Asia, but um, we, we recognize that the strength of America is our unity and believing that we honor those who have paid the price, and we will always do that. And so... When 9-11 happened, it was just um, it was a surprise because we got attacked on our soil. But the resilience of Americans and how quickly we responded, like in World War II, we responded to the attack and took it to the enemy. Um, it just gave me the same kind of spirit that when I wrote it, that's what I felt. Mm-hmm. And do, do you remember the first time you sang it after the attack? Yes, publicly it was at a NASCAR race. And um, we, um, I mean, other than the memorials in New York, the um, the NASCAR race I think was in Delaware, and we uh, we had TV coverage from several networks, and they pulled the trailers away, and I was on the I was on the t- uh, the racetrack with 250,000 people there because they all wanted to see this first race. We're getting back to an American way of life, which is why soldiers die to protect that. And so I'm, I'm on the field, and the producer's there with the cameraman, and he raises his hand to, to stop me from singing the national anthem. And because um, I did national anthem and God Bless USA back to back. And the big jumbotron in the, big of the, in the center of the field comes up, 
And uh, we switched networks from, I forget where we were, TNN or to NBC or to CBS. NBC, I think. Uh, and Brokaw came up and said, America strikes back. And it showed pictures of the bombs dropping in Baghdad. And then it said, and now sing the national anthem. And then God bless the USA. So that was the moment. Wow. That gives me chills. Does, does it give you chills when you see things like that? I think it. It, it's not chills, it's uh, strength, because I know that when I sing a song that America loves, um, I, I, I tear up many times. I mean, I, I get emotional, because I'm, I'm a very emotional guy, but I, um, but I just think I've got to do this right, and I have to do it for all those people who are listening who want me to do it right, and, uh, and it gives me strength. What, what do you want the legacy of that song to be, Lee? Because it'll live on long past all of us, I'm sure, because it's just, it just really taps into the heart of America. But what, what do you want people to really take away and remember as a legacy of that song? Well, just to muse the fact that the national anthem written by Francis Scott Key at a time when America was at peril, um, he wrote the lyrics, he, did not, he applied it to a British melody. Um, so first, uh, and, and just a little humorous, I would want people to remember that I wrote the music and the lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. But secondly, I, you know, I want people to know that the author of the song that they revere is a simple California farmer who uh, worked hard in his life, made well, and, uh, and dedicated his time to uh, serving America. Yeah, that's... That really sums it all up, you know. That's and, and that really speaks for so many Americans, and I, I think that's why it's resonated so much. And even Beyonce covered that. God bless the USA, didn't she? Did, I'm sorry. What? I, I think I heard Beyonce has covered that song. God bless yes. the USA. Yes, she did, <laughs> and dedicated the money to the New York Fire Department, which I admire her for. That is amazing. Well, good for Beyonce. Well, we, we have to talk a little bit um, b- before I let you go. Your wife's from Tennessee. My family's from East Tennessee. Um, big ball fans, and uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't get any bigger in East Tennessee than, really, Lee Greenwood and the Tennessee Vols. <laughs> you bet. And Neyland Stadium. Kim was a Miss Tennessee, uh, raised right here in the Nashville area. Uh, went to school here, and then she went to University of Tennessee system at Chattanooga. And, uh, and I do support the Vols, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because September 6th, uh, I'll sing for the seventh time at UT Stadium, University of Tennessee football game against Arkansas State, and I'm singing the halftime with a couple of my players in the Pride of the Southland marching band on the field where we will honor all of the Medal of Honor recipients. The Pentagon is involved, and they're flying them in. So we're putting that uh, show together for the halftime as we speak. Wow, that is that is going to be huge, and I will tell you, the Vol fans will absolutely love that. They, it's a very patriotic, and having kind of been, my father was in the military, and kind of going to have it been around the United States as well. But there, there is a deep patriotism in in Americans and in the United States, but you can really, really feel it, or I can really feel it in the South. On, on a daily basis, um, when, when something happens like 9/11, or you know, we all come together and we really feel it. But, but there's something about, um, especially in the South, you just it just pours out of everybody just on a, on, a, on a very daily basis. I was in Knoxville when 9/11 happened back then as well, and, and 
uh, my mom and I, we had to rent a car because there, there were no flights at that time. We had to drive cross country. And I will say that never in America have I seen so many flags on homes and cars and painted on the back of windshields than at that time. And your song was playing on every radio as we went from Indiana and Illinois and Montana and Idaho. It was just constantly Lee Greenwood. And we just really felt propelled that nothing was going to hurt us, even though we had to not fly, we had to rent a car and drive, but you were really with us as you were with so many Americans, giving us um, hope uh, throughout that time and, and, and something about the 9-11 incident that I'll never, ever forget. Well, you know, I live in the Nashville area. Of course, Vanderbilt's an important college to us here. But the University mm-hmm. of Tennessee is all orange and white, and I guess you'd have to say it's orange, white, red, and blue because you're right that we do bleed uh, red, white, and blue. And, uh, and of course, UT has, uh, has went through some tough times about their football program, and that we, we kind of live off that. America loves its football, and we love college football as well as, uh, as the pro teams, as NFL. Uh, but University of Tennessee is, I think, going to rebound this year, going to do well. We were talking to, um, 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 what's his name, Hubs, um, that's a radio announcer for uh, the, the Tennessee Vols the other day. And uh, he's confident that we'll go at least seven and, and, and six, or, or seven and uh, and five, and or maybe eight and seven. So we, we're just hoping that however many games there are, that Tennessee will do a lot better. It has done in the past, and uh, and I'll be there September sixth singing to help them, help them get the spirit. Absolutely. Oh, that's that that's, that is going to be awesome. Well, if if we can get to a bowl game, that that'll be great. And I always tell my uh, physician I don't need any type of heart stress test because I'm a Tennessee Vol fan and. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I know that my heart's in good shape because I, I root for the Vols. So if, <laughs> if, 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 you, if you can stay with the Vols, you, you, you know you've got a good heart. So, Lee, thank you very, very much. I encourage everyone to go to LeeGreenwood.com and keep up with Lee. And also you have a fantastic Facebook page. You're very interactive with your fans. I appreciate that you took the time to stop by. You're on your way to make a a new music video, and so we will keep up with that as well. We're going to go out to God Bless the USA, and then we're going to come back and we're going to play some music off of your um, I Want to Be in Your World album. And thank you, Lee, very, very much for, for coming on. You're welcome, and uh, and I hope we have a, a great fall season, and go Vols. Go Vols. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life, and I had to start again. Just my children and my wife I thank my lucky star To be living here today But the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who
From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. Where there's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say Oh, 
Let go now. 